0: Hey everyone! Today I would like to have a look at some late medieval history, specifically of Northern Europe. We're going to have a look at the Hanseatic Lake. And I'd like to start off with this beautiful portrait of a German merchant. This is Georg Kieser he was a merchant from danzig which today is in poland and he's depicted in the stahlhof which we can see over here it's the londoner stahlhof this is from about 1618 so basically it's a steel yard that's what it translates to and it was one of the main um office buildings, so to say, of the Hanseatic lake, so a lot of merchants went there to do their business, they were organized and had quite a lot of privileges, and this particular painting's from 1532, and it's from Hans Holbein, and you can see there's quite a lot of Gravitas to this person is looking quite serious He has this beautiful um, cloth here with this rich red colour shows us some of his notes We can see a ring on his finger and there's another one here and some coins on the side. And I particularly like this depiction of the vase of this glass here with the reflections of the light. This is really, really finely worked and then the flowers on top but that's not the point of the video today I just really like that detail we're gonna have a look at how these German merchants established their Stahlhof in London over time and where their other trade routes went to so let's put this aside for a moment Instead let's look at this beautiful map. So this here is of Northern Europe. But I particularly like that on the same page we also have one of the Mediterranean. And before we get to the North European trade routes, there's one notion that I really like about the Mediterranean. We'll do a video on the Roman Empire eventually and there's just one notion that um, we are going to mention right now which is that the Mediterranean at the time was not a border as it is today but rather it was at the centre of the Roman Empire that spanned all of these regions all around the mediterranean and the water was then a way to connect all of these areas and i really like that notion and i think it allows us to also look at northern europe a little differently for me Well, I've grown up in the middle of a landlocked country, so of course the sea is a bit bit suspicious But basically what we have here, especially during the late middle ages Are regions that are quite far apart if you have to travel by land But if you use the Baltic Sea, or the North Sea you can trade with people across really, really large areas and we can see that here The time frame that we are looking at is the 13th to the 16th century The Hanseatic League started a little earlier There's not really a defining date We don't have a document that says This is when the Hanseatic League was established. Um, Even the people back then weren't sure about that. They couldn't find a document like that. But people usually say it started with the rebuilding of Lübeck in the middle of the 12th century, so a little earlier. And the Hanseatic League continued a little later than the 16th century the office in Bergen, shut in the middle of the 18th. But of course, here we are during the most important time. What we're seeing here in red are the cities of the Hanseatic League. So they are mostly here along the German coastline, or I guess it's fair to say northern Germany, this is already quite foreign land Leipzig, for example, or Breslau Here we have uh, Köln They often lie along rivers as you'll notice which allows for easier trading they weren't necessarily right along the shore. We also have some of the other important cities of the time. We have important trade routes in red, and we have the Hansische Seewege, so the trade routes along the sea. Here in blue, going to have a closer look at that in a moment. Let's just orient ourselves here. So right here, with all of these red cities, we are in the Holy Roman Empire. This would be the dark red line here. Bordering on Hungary and Poland. And on the other side, we have a border with France. You can see that the border is not where it is today. Strasbourg is clearly within the borders of the Holy Roman Empire. So it's Brussels, for example. Here we have England. And Scotland, we have Norway with Oslo, we have Sweden, Finland and Denmark and you can see here that these borders have shifted a bit as well The southern tip here today is Swedish and not Danish anymore. And then further to the east we have the Teutonic Order. We have Lithuania and Novgorod. Let's start our exploration of the Hanseatic Lake here. Basically, the German merchants followed Scandinavian merchants. You might remember from the video about the Vikings that the Scandinavians had an extensive set of trade routes through Eastern Europe. They established the Kievan Rus, and they even went all the way down to the Byzantine Empire. One important city was Novgorod, right here. Again, inland but situated along a river. And here around you had a lot of forest and generally areas that were difficult to travel through by land. So this connection via the river and then the sea was particularly important Norway had close connections to Novgorod we know that some of the Norwegian kings when they had um, tough times in Norway when they were in danger take the sea route and find a safe place there for Novgorod, or in its hinterland, this was pretty great because it allowed them to trade um, a lot of the raw materials that they had here in the East fur, for example, was really sought after, but also amber, or wax, or honey so that was shipped through the Baltic Sea and into the North Sea One important stop along the way was Gotland so the island of the Swedish coast right here particularly with the place called Visby I can show you some pictures of that you can see this is the view from the harbor towards the old city with the city wall outside and then the marienkirche so a church of the holy virgin here are the ruins of an even older church and the city walls from north. And it says here until the end of the 13th century, these trade routes to Novgorod and Riga, as well as to Russia and Livland, all went via Gotland. So, Wispy became an important international trading spot. And they also traded a lot of information here. It was one of the main rivals of Lubeck. These Scandinavians established a place called Gortenhof in Novgorod. So they had their own place where they stayed and where they did their business. And they German travelers then soon did something similar. They established the Peterhof. And I can show you that as well. This is a really lovely map of Novgorod from the Middle Ages. We can see the river running through the center. And then here we have the sort of the true centre of the city, the Kremlin of Novgorod You can see the city walls really nicely here with this outline And there was a little bridge across the river The two oldest churches, I think, are Saint Sophia and uh, St. Johannes. These would have been A right here in the Kremlin and B just across on the other side. But the part that really interests us is the Golden so where the Scandinavians set up their business right here with this little G. And then Sankt Peter und Hof which would be I guess just across this little square. And we can see here that there's a little symbol that I guess stands for a harbour. So right across from the Gotenhof. So they would come in by a ship and they could trade here and return back towards the Baltic Sea. And while Novgorod was a bit of an isolated area, you did have connections to Moscow, to Pskov. To Riga and Nava, and Karelia. One of the interesting things is that it was so difficult to get to that people would stay either over summer or over winter but not the whole year. the other places were easier to reach so you didn't have to stay as long let's have a look at them let's say we're starting from Lübeck as this is the queen of the Hanseatic League. we have a lot of connections to other Hanseatic cities, Wiesma, Rostock, Stralsund, Greifswald, etc. You can come down here to Stettin, Kohlberg, Rügenwalde, and of course Danzig. Or you can go inland cool, to Köln, even to Warsaw. We might go to Königsberg, which is Kaliningrad today, the Russian exclave. Riga, Pernau, Reval, which is Tallinn today. Across to Novgorod, we across the as we've just said. We might of course also go to the north to so Kalma Visby Stockholm or Obo in Finland. Oh you take the Katigatanista Kaverak You might stop at Tunsberg or Oslo We go up to Bergen. We're down here to Brücke or Bruges, in Quite a lot of places here in the Penelope states worth visiting Oh, you might go to Hamburg here through the Elbe We had a look at this area last week You might remember that this is actually quite difficult to navigate But also that here are some of the most important German harbours even to this day But we want to stay in the past for now We could set over to London Where we have die Stahlhof mentioned Or could go further north again to Hull or Boston or even Edinburgh or maybe continue we have it here, Hansefahrt nach Westfrankreich, Spanien and Portugal for salt or wine or fruit that you wouldn't be able to get here in the north Let's see what exactly they were trading We have wine Wool, cattle, different kinds of fish Salt, which of course was important There's also silver, copper and iron different kinds of cloth and linen and beer that would have been important too so here in the east we also have fur and wax here in Danzig and Kaliningrad we have amber the sweet and wood Here would be some copper, near is says spices And then in north we have cattle and fish Lüneburg here has a lot of salt as well as I'm not sure if this is Bremen, I think Bremen would be the one here This and Lübeck We have some salt here, and some beer Here we have butter Of course, generally from the north, a lot of fish was traded But in England We mostly have different kinds of cloth And then here from La Rochelle to Bordeaux, we have wine As well as in Portugal, we have some more salt, oil, and fruit There were trading routes coming up from the south With spices, silk, and cotton And through the Mediterranean, again with spices, wine, and fruit One thing that is worth mentioning in general is that raw materials were traded from the east and manufactured materials here or manufactured goods, I guess you should say, from the west So it was important to move through the Baltic Sea to get these materials but of course, the cloth from England also had to get somewhere else so quite a lot of connections between the different areas there are some interesting stories about uh, young people learning how to be a merchant at the time They actually had to go to other cities They were also requested to learn other languages But the lingua franca in general across the entire area Was Low Saxon or Low German And many of these words can still be found in other languages For example in Norwegian or kontor The word for this big office building that they had still it means office Generally Norwegians taken on a lot of um, a lot of German words from that area and you had German merchants in many different places but the most important places for the Hanse were Bergen London, Novgorod, as I've already mentioned, and Brücke. However, the contour from here eventually moved to Antwerpen before it was closed. It's, I think, quite difficult to really classify the hanseatic League got to definitely say what it was they didn't have one administrative body they didn't have an army for example but they still defended their interests and they had quite a lot of political influence too a lot of power ultimately it was just many different free cities working together in their interest the way it worked is that they had Tage, where they were expected to come together and discuss things until they got to an agreement there had to be a consensus however, these decisions were non-binding and far from all of the cities participated in these hansa-tage you can imagine that at times it was difficult to travel to these places or to get everyone to come to these places so they happened quite irregularly and a place like Kern that did a lot of trade with London course, often had different interests than a place like Hamburg that did not have the same connections, but maybe closer ties to you know, places further east or further north. The three main cities that remained for the League or Lübeck, Bremen and Hamburg and these places also still call themselves Hansestepte so really since the 19th century Hanse is a word that's become quite popular again he has a lot of positive connotations the current German Chancellor also gets called Hansertig it usually means those people are a bit dry, maybe a bit stiff, but also have quite a sober outlook on the world, quite a rational one, and that they are open to the world. Of course, the source for example the football club Hansa Rostock or the Airline Lufthansa, which all have Hansa in their name. The reason the actual Hanseatic League lost its importance was also because of a changing political landscape. You had solidifying states, so some of the power shifted away from the cities, but of course you also had trade shifting further west, especially with the transatlantic trade and while the volume of trade actually increased in this area the Hanseatic League lost its dominating state and it just couldn't quite keep up with developments in other areas but if you visit some of these places like Lübeck or Hamburg or Antwerpen you will still find some of the buildings from that time especially in Hamburg, I thought it was really interesting to see and in Bergen, as well as in Lübeck you can visit a Hanseatic Museum which I'm sure can give you a lot more in-depth information than I ever could there's quite a lot of fascinating stories to it and so many different cities that since they all were independent often had diverging histories my might also be able to find the symbol here red and white. Those were the colours of the Hansaatic league. For today, I think there was quite a lot of information. I hope you enjoyed this, and I hope you're now feeling relaxed and sleepy, and you can do yourself so to have some nice dreams. I'll see you again next week. Thank you for watching, and good night.